Hey there. Thanks for joining me today for another episode of Lymphedema Podcast. My name is Betty. I'm a certified lymphedema therapist, passionate lymphedema advocate, mother, and the voice behind Lymphedema Podcast. What began as a small passion project in 2019 to provide answers and explanations to people with the lymphatic disease lymphedema has now reached more than 75 countries. Whether you're a patient, caregiver, medical professional, or someone interested in lymphedema, there's an episode here for you. Every week this season, there will be a new episode to help you learn more and navigate better your journey ahead. I'm so passionate about teaching others about lymphedema that I made this podcast just for you. Disclaimer, if you feel you have lymphedema but have not been diagnosed, please see your medical professional as this podcast is not a replacement for a diagnosis in person, a treatment in person from your certified lymphedema therapist, or a substitution for your doctor's medical advice. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're ready to learn something new today. Welcome back to season five of Lymphedema Podcast. This episode marks the start of the fifth season of Lymphedema Podcast, and honestly, I kind of can't believe it. I want to say thank you to everyone who has been a part of this from the beginning. This year, we're going to have a couple of changes. Instead of the podcast dropping on Tuesdays, it's now going to drop every Wednesday. With that being said, let's jump right in. I want to start by saying happy Lymphedema Awareness Month to all of our lymphy warriors, to the patients, the advocates, the caregivers, and those who are supporting them. We're going to kick it off with celebrating the new season and this important month of advocacy with today's topic, which is a refresher on what is lymphedema with a twist of who can cover lymphedema, meaning who are the experts to really trust to treat your lymphedema? So what is lymphedema? If you're here and you're new, welcome. If you're here and you're a seasoned lymphy veteran, Glad to have you back. Primary lymphedema is a form of lymphedema that you can be born with. You can develop it later in life as a toddler, a teenager, even a young woman or a young man, even an older person. So maybe in your 40s, maybe in your 50s. It just means that you have a malformation, a predisposition to having this chronic swelling. So one of my soapbox things about primary lymphedema are babies being diagnosed with milroys when they're born with a swollen limb or limbs or foot or feet or whatever. When babies are born swollen and a doctor were to slap on the diagnosis of milroys, it doesn't mean that they actually have milroys just because they were born with lymphedema. Milroys requires congenital and hereditary lymphedema. So if there isn't a patient or family history in that patient's family, it's not Milroy's. It's only congenital. So keep that in mind for later on. Secondary lymphedema is the most common form of lymphedema in the world, and it is caused by a trauma to the lymphatic system. And this can occur at any age. Any of these events that can cause that could be considered surgical incisions, a surgery, bug bites, having a rolled ankle, having a burn, or even becoming paralyzed or partially paralyzed. These are all possible things that can kick off secondary lymphedema. And a lot of these I'm listing from experience from people I know who are happy, healthy, 
kids and young adults, and then something happened that caused their lymphatic system to just kind of collapse. And then they found that they had either a family history of lymphedema, so they've always kind of been at risk for developing it, or that they had a malformation not relating to anything that they have in their family history, but they personally have a malformation of their lymphatic system. And so that ankle, when you rolled it playing basketball, swole up, never went down, and the swelling continued up your leg. That is a very unusual but good example of secondary lymphedema. Most common lymphedema, secondary lymphedema in the USA is caused by cancer treatment. So biopsy, radiation, chemo, those all three have the potential to spark chronic protein-rich swelling in the extremities, the head and neck, or the trunk. How do you find out if you have lymphedema? So there's a couple of things here. Genetic testing. You can have imaging done, and you can have a physical assessment that can all be beneficial to diagnose lymphedema. The diagnosis includes a stage, and most commonly, it's a 0, 1, 2, 3 stage set. 0, meaning that there has been an incidence, a damage, an event to the lymphatic system, but the swelling isn't evident. So this is often in secondary lymphedema patients, say after biopsy or radiation, we assume, as medical professionals, we assume that you have stage zero lymphedema because you have had damage to that lymphatic system and it's no longer going to function at 100% like it was before the surgery or the radiation. Stage two is a little bit more severe. It comes, but it doesn't always leave. And then that swelling has caused maybe some skin changes. Your skin is tight. Your arm or your leg is heavy. You can feel the fluid in there. It's really kind of uncomfortable making the skin tight and the limb hard. Stage three is the most significant form, and the limb has then become very hard, meaning fibrotic. The tissue has changed. It's no longer smooth. It might be dimply or shiny or rough, and the limb itself is not symmetric to the other limb. It may not even have the same shape as a regular arm or leg. But keep in mind, guys, lymphedema can occur not just in arms and legs. It can be in the abdomen. It can be in the breast. It can be in the like side, back, boob area is what I like to call it. And in the head and neck and in the face. And let's not forget genital lymphedema is a real thing that we're not talking about enough. It's getting better, but we don't talk about it enough in the community. And so these changes can occur anywhere you have skin. And the final thing about stage three lymphedema is that it's very full. So it is a significantly larger body part compared to the unaffected side. So who is the expert to treat lymphedema? Do you know? What's your answer there? My opinion, a certified lymphedema therapist is the expert to treat lymphedema. And I mean the symptoms of lymphedema, the swelling, the loss of range of motion, the change in skin texture, and the loss of maybe mobility 
or even balance or the ability to take care of yourself on a daily basis. So a CLT should encompass, and I want to preface by saying not all CLTs are created equal, and there lies the theme for this Lymphedema Awareness Month episodes, that not all CLTs are created equal, and more than ever do our patients have to do their research and advocate for themselves to make sure they have a qualified and a competent certified lymphedema therapist to provide their treatment. To become a CLT, one must be a licensed medical professional. You can be an RN, a chiropractor. Medical professional also means athletic trainer, speech language pathologist, occupational therapist, certified occupational therapist assistant, those are often called CODA, a PT, physical therapist, um, which is now DPT, so doctor of physical therapy, physical therapist assistant, and licensed massage therapist are some of the most common medical professionals that can be certified. Also, you can find that doctors, medical doctors, and DOs can become certified lymphedema therapists, and I would love to meet a few. Traditionally, the CLT course included 45 hours of self-study or online modules. These are modules that you go through. In the course I took, it was 10 modules, and these 10 modules were long and very detail-oriented, very educational and informative, followed by an exam. You had to pass all of your exams, and then you went in person for 10 nine-hour days, meaning 90 hours of in-person skills training and application. Here's the kicker. In 2022, Lana changed their core eligibility requirements. To modify the 90-hour in-person application of skills to virtual classroom instruction, concluding with an in-person checkoff to assess manual lymphatic drainage and bandaging and a case-based practical. The full description can be found on their website. Myself and many others disagree with this modification. The COVID-19 pandemic taught the world there is a lot that can be done from home. International travel for salespeople aren't required as a necessity. You can do a sales call from Zoom or over your computer. I doubt cardiovascular surgeons are sitting at home learning about heart surgery or tattoo artists are learning at home in a coloring book how to perfect their skill and technique and then having patients sign up at their door, right? I had the privilege of participating in the first NLN clinical expert conference as an instructor before the Lana changes were disclosed, and I can assure you, not all CLTs are created equal. Some licensed, mas- some licensed massage therapists never bandage or provide garment education. Some occupational therapists, physical therapists, and disciplines related to that never fit for garments, but leave it to a certified fitter to pick the best garment for their patient. Keeping in mind, these fitters who don't necessarily have a medical background, but they have some training on how to fit for garments. 
Now a break to recognize the sponsors that make Lymphedema Podcast possible. Eros Medical is a pneumatic compression treatment providing upper and lower extremity compression with more than 30 sizes and pump sleeves. Eros is sure to have a product to help you in against lymphedema. Pediatric Lymphedema Alliance is the first pediatric lymphedema garment kit and education resource. Play provides specifically curated kits for pediatric patients by age and stage of lymphedema. The eight-hour online course is a great starting point for new therapists or families who are interested in learning more about the fundamentals of pediatric lymphedema management. Juzo family-owned compression garments give you the freedom to make the most of every day. Speech-language pathologists are also certified, but they primarily treat only head and neck lymphedema. So again, I will repeat, not all CLTs are created equal. None of this is said as an insult to these respective disciplines, but to encourage patients to advocate for their best treatment. We know what lymphedema is. Lymphedema is a chronic protein-rich swelling that is caused either by a malformation in the lymphatic system, in utero, it is congenital or hereditary, and it is from a malformation in that lymphatic system. And that in itself has many, many details and very dynamic. But the summary of that is that no matter if it's primary lymphedema or if it's secondary lymphedema, where it's caused by a trauma, an injury, a surgery, they still need a qualified expert to treat them. And unfortunately, the CLT certification doesn't st- doesn't have that respect and the authority that it used to have. This month, you'll hear from respected leaders within the lymphedema community each sharing their unique background and role as a CLT. I'm especially excited that I'm going to close out the month with Gunter Close to have a special conversation about the state of CDT today. It's a carryover from his presentation that he did this last year at the NLN. Mother Teresa says, loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible poverty. This podcast is here for you to find friendship and a community for your journey with lymphedema. I hope you enjoyed learning more about our topic today. Remember, if there's a topic you're looking for, the website has a full library of podcasts. Email me with your story if you would like to share lymphedemapodcast at gmail.com or visit the website lymphedemapodcast.com to submit a topic for another episode. 